You are listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. There are a lot of exciting things going on at Collective as the new year begins, so make sure you are following us on social media at My Collective Church to stay in the loop. Now here's Sunday's message. All right, checking in. How are you doing with the 35-day challenge? Good? Okay. Uh, I, I have had a lot of really great conversations over the past week about people who stepped into this challenge, people who are sacrificing video games, added sugars, social media, Netflix, junk food. I've heard stories of people surprising, secretly buying groceries for other people, sending encouraging notes, not getting coffee for themselves, but buying it for their coworkers. That wasn't me. That was somebody else. My staff's fine. Uh, I even got to talk to a few people who said that this challenge has helped them read their Bible multiple days in a row for the first time ever. And I absolutely love it. And so here's what I want to do. Um, Raise your hand if you hit all five challenges every day last week. So you did 15 minutes of physical activity. You read a chapter of the book of John. You prayed, you served, you sacrificed. Did you get it? Oh, okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to figure out which service was better, first or second. I'm just going to say first was better than you all. So... I, you didn't know it was a competition? Of course it's a competition. All right, now, now do this. Um, if, if you failed last week, but you went right back at it, you started over at day one at any point, will you raise your hand? There's no shame in that. That's good. Uh, so if you weren't here last Sunday, we started a 35-day challenge. We committed to doing a series of five activities for 35 days in a row, because without apology, we want 2024 to be better than 2023. We want to get unstuck in the ways that we are spinning our wheels. We want our faith to grow stronger. And we know that all of this starts with us strengthening our relationship with God. One time Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment given by God was, and he said this in Mark 12. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. We broke it down like this. Your heart is your emotional health. Your soul is your spiritual health. Your mind is your mental health. And your strength is your physical health. And so we asked ourselves, what what would happen if we did these five challenges that are tied to our heart, soul, mind, and strength for 35 days without any excuses, without failing or having to start back over at day one? What kind of things would be different in us? What could God teach us? What could God do through us? What would happen if we chose to do the hard things every single day for the next 35 days in order to grow? Because if I always do what I've always done, I will always get what I've always got. And let me just say this. If you failed last week, I hope you got right back up and started over again. I hope you didn't give up. I hope you didn't make a list of reasons in your head as to why this is just going to be too hard for you to continue. I hope you didn't justify your failure and give yourself a pass. Last week, two days into the challenge, hanging out with some friends. Uh, one of our friends cut added sugar. We got a drink at a restaurant, took one step, and he's like, there's sugar in here. And he's like, I guess I'm starting back over at day one. Right? He didn't justify. He just said, OK. Like, I was unaware, didn't pay attention. I got to move on to the next thing. And so I hope if that was you, um, you started over. But if you didn't, if, if for some reason you gave up last week, here's my challenge. Start over again today. For those of you who missed last week but want to get in on this challenge, or for those of you who walked away making the choice not to step into this challenge, but you've changed your mind, start today. Because the goal of this was never to be perfect. It was never to not make any mistakes or not fall short in any way. The goal is at some point this year to hit 35 days in a row of all five challenges. 
And if it takes you until March or July or October because you keep failing and keep having to go back to day one, who cares? Right? Just get up and keep going after it. To make this a little bit easier, we have some really cool ways for you to engage in these challenges on our Church Center app under Coming Up. DJ mentioned this earlier. Uh, you just go to the App Store, download Church Center, pick Collective, and click on Coming Up, uh, because we have a few things that are going to help you with these challenges, especially if you're struggling through some of them right now. We have our Money Matters pop-up. That's a six-week small group. That's CT. He leads the group. He's happy for that. Uh, join his group, okay? Um, this is a six-week small group that's all about taking control of your finances, some of you sacrificed things during this series because financially you know you need to, but it's still going to be a battle. And so I encourage you to join that pop-up. We have our fitness pop-up. This is a six-week small group at Crucible Performance in Frederick where the owner, his name's Ryan, he goes to Collective. He's volunteering his time. Um, it's one hour on Fridays. And his goal is to help you set a foundation so you can take care of yourself physically over the next year. And then we're hosting this thing called Team and Tacos on February 4th after second service, where if you're not a part of the serving team here, you can join and learn what does it take to create space to serve others so that they can bump into Jesus. And so if you're looking for guidance, maybe you're just looking for community so you don't have to do this alone or you just help with these challenges. I would encourage you, check these things out. You can go to Next Steps if you want more information. Now today, as we continue in this series, we're going to dive into the topic of strength. The app says this about the physical challenge. Go for a walk, go to the gym, stretch, yoga, water polo, paragliding. Doesn't matter what you do, but care for your body by engaging in physical activity for 15 minutes today. Ultimately, this is a physical reminder every single day to your body. You work for me and I don't work for you. And in full transparency, this has been the one that has been the hardest for me so far. And here's why. Here's what I often run into, and maybe the same is true for you. My mind will think something. My mind will ultimately agree with God on something that is true and good and wise, something like, say, do 15 minutes of physical activity every day. Then my soul will feel deeply that this is what God wants me to do, so I should do it. And then my soul will inform my heart, let's go follow God. And my heart will say to my body, here's what we're going to do today. My body will look back and be like, absolutely not. Specifically, it's my knees. My knees are like, hey, we're not doing this today. Not going to happen. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I don't have enough time. I'm too sick. It doesn't sound like fun. I know this isn't going to feel good tomorrow. And if you are anything like me, your body will stamp its foot and just say, no, no, no. You work for me. I run this show. Right? Habits, addictions, cravings, old muscle memories, aches and pains, hormones, whatever it may be, it's saying, we run this show. You work for us. Right? And this isn't just me, right? I'm not the only one in this right now. Right? Of course not. And this isn't anything new. Check this out. On the night that Jesus was arrested, before they nailed him to the cross, he was with his friends in a place called the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying for strength. He was praying for spiritual strength, emotional strength, physical strength for what he was about to endure. And he asked his three closest friends to pray for him while he stepped away and spent some one-on-one -on -one time talking to God, crying out to God, praying to God. And on three separate occasions, Jesus comes back to check on his friends, and they're out cold. They're asleep. And Jesus didn't judge them or get mad at them because he knew what was going on. He said this in Matthew 26. He said, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body, the body is weak. Here's what this means. In my heart and in my soul and in my mind, I want to do the right thing. I want to do the healthy thing. I want to make the right choice. I want to do what I know is right and true. But then my body shows up and wants to do something completely different, and I give in to that. 
And it's like we're in this tug of war between our body and our soul. And really, it's our body and our heart and our body and our mind. And it's exhausting. And if you are anything like me, it leads me to the question of asking, why would I even try? And listen, I am not naive. I do not believe that this side of heaven, we will ever come to a point where our bodies will never want to do something different than, God, than what God says is true. It's probably never going to fully and completely happen that way. We will always have this battle with our flesh, whether that be addiction or the aches and pains or simply just hating the bodies that we have. But I do believe it is possible to bring our body more and more in line with what God wants to do in our lives. And I want to say something really important before we jump into the main scripture for today. Today is not going to be about appearance or losing weight or anything like that. That is not the goal of the physical challenge. This is about being physically healthy, and here's why. God has called you to a mission, and to live out that mission, it takes heart, soul, mind, and strength. We need to be healthy in all of these areas because if we neglect our strength, it's just going to overflow, and it'll have a negative impact on our heart, soul, and mind because these things are all connected. They all run together. And so with the physical challenge, we have to run after it. And that's what today is all about. One of the main characters in the Bible around this whole, who talks about this whole spiritual and physical tug of war um, that goes on our entire life is a guy named Paul. And everything we're going to look at moving forward was written by him. And this, you can tell, is a passion for him. When you read what he wrote in the New Testament, he keeps hammering this idea over and over again. And ultimately, uh, it just kind of makes me wonder why. Because as we're reading through the letters of Paul that he wrote in the New Testament, you flip a page, and there he is again talking about spiritual and physical. You flip a page, and there he is again talking about spiritual and physical. And here's my theory on this. The reason why Paul talks about so much is because Paul is just like us. He is in this battle as well. And Paul tends to teach on things he's very familiar with because it's something he deals with in his own life every single day. See, there are hints in the New Testament that Paul had something going on in his physical body. And whatever it was, it wasn't just challenging and painful for him, but it was ongoing. There was a lifetime of physical pain that he dealt with. And there's different theories to what's going on. Um, there's some theories you read a little bit later in what he wrote. It talks about how he has trouble seeing. And so people believe that he might have had an eye disease that left him partially blind. There's another theory that Paul had a physical disability that made walking very painful for him which in a day where there are no cars, there are no airplanes, meant that if he was going to carry out the mission that God put him on to plant churches, it was going to be physically painful for him. And Paul understood that. And like I've already said, this side of heaven, our bodies are never going to, to want to do everything we need them to do. But we can't get ambushed by that. Really, we can't be apathetic about that. We have to have a strategy. We have to have a plan. We have to be intentional about our physical health. I would imagine that every day when Paul got out of bed and thought about everything he had to get done that day as he struggled to see across the room or as he struggled to just get out of bed, it had to go through his mind because his flesh was constantly screaming at him, I don't know if I can do this today. I'm really hurting today. This is going to be a terrible day, and nobody would blame me if I just stayed home today or if I quit. I mean, we've all had that conversation in our heads as well, probably this past week. I don't want to get out of bed today. I don't want to do Tuesday. Tuesday is going to suck. I'm really tired. This is going to hurt. I don't want to do this anymore. Remember what we talked about last week. You might push back on this, but I think it's true in all of our lives. You do whatever it is you really want to do if you believe it's important, if you believe it's worth the, worth the cost. So every day, this side of the grave, we will always have the same conversation when the alarm goes off in the morning where there's something in front of us that's hard to do. Is it worth it? 
And if I don't do this thing, what is the cost to me? And then we make a choice. And so Paul approaches that everyday battle of spiritual and physical by using a metaphor of running a race as a picture of how our spiritual and physical life are inseparable, which there is irony in that coming from somebody who physically had a hard time walking. But this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. When Paul wrote this, he was within walking distance to where the Olympic Games were being held. Later this year, the Olympics are going to happen in France. People will be cheering on their countries. We'll be staying up till 2 a.m. to watch the swimming heats because they're just so fascinating. The same was true during Paul's day. They were obsessed with the Olympics. And so Paul uses runners in the Olympics to explain how we should treat our physical bodies. But he doesn't just say that we run a race. Check out this last part. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? And here's my favorite part. So run to win. You are in a race, so run to win. Run to win. Do you know, one of the things I love about the Olympics, they don't give out participation trophies. I'm very old school when it comes to this. This spring, I helped coach my daughter's baseball team, and the league she was in didn't keep score or do anything that makes baseball fun, but... But the part that killed me the most was after every single game, we had to hand out a medal to one of the players who exemplified good sportsmanship. I didn't do this, by the way. The other coach did. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And in theory, like this is a good idea, like, but you know, you you honor the kid for doing it, but you're only allowed to give each kid one medal. And so after a few games, we had to make a decision between the kid who laid on the grass and refused to field ground balls or the kid who tackled his teammates so they couldn't field ground balls. It was great, and I cannot wait to do it again this spring. (laughs) I walked away. I couldn't do it. I'd die inside. But like the longtime NFL coach Herm Edwards famously said, you play to win the game, right? You play to win the game. This is the greatest thing about sports. You play to win the game. He goes, hello. You play to win the game. You don't just play it to play it. And Paul said it first. You are in a race, and so you need to run to win. Verse 25 says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. This is really key to what we're talking about today because this is our motivation. Paul says that athletes go into training, but they do it for something that honestly ends up being meaningless. It's for a prize, it's for a trophy that rusts, for money that gets spent, for glory that only lasts until another champion is crowned. All those things that fade away. But look at this phrase, we do it, right? We do it for an eternal prize. We run this race for something more important. We're doing it for something greater. And Paul's talking about this idea that our lives are given over to God. They belong to the kingdom of God. We share the gospel. We share the good news of grace and endless second chances from God. We serve others. We disciple our families. And as fun as a championship is, as nice as a gold medal would be, there's got to be something better, And so the eternal prize simply refers to the reward for those who follow Jesus. One day, Jesus is returning. Scripture says that he will judge the living and the dead. And those who have remained faithful, those who have received grace, those who lived a life saying, Jesus, you are my leader and my forgiver. You're my savior and my king. You're my Lord and my source of life. Those people have an eternal prize. It's eternity forever with no more pain and no more brokenness and no more sorrow where we live in eternal joy. That's the prize. And it doesn't fade away. And by the way, if, if you want that, 
If you're not a follower of Jesus and you, you long for something more than what this world has to offer, this is what Jesus is talking about, or Paul's talking about. And so we encourage you to check the baptism box. Let's have a conversation. What does it mean to have an eternal prize? Not something that eventually fades away. But we as Christians have a perspective the world does not have. And it's not prizes that fade away. It's not the most money or the biggest house or the most toys. It's not social status or power. We have something better. We have a higher purpose we are aiming for. So Paul says, because of this eternal prize, because of this higher purpose, because our lives are saved by God and directed by God and have a divine calling on them, we run to win. Paul continues, he says, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul tells us, don't live life randomly. Don't, don't live life aimlessly or without purpose. Live intentionally, both spiritually and physically. Discipline your body. Train your body. Remind your body that your body serves you and the mission and not the other way around. The question, though, is what does that look like? Because here's the thing. The challenge in the 35-day challenge is 15 minutes of physical activity every day. But per the CDC, the daily recommended exercise goal is 30 minutes. We're not even hitting that in this series. So what's the point? Well, the point is this. Our problem isn't eating healthy. It's eating healthy consistently. Our problem isn't prioritizing sleep, it's prioritizing sleep every single night. Our problem isn't exercising, it's 15 minutes of exercise every single day. The point of this is that we are creating new neural pathways, new habits, is that we're training our bodies. So let me give some practical applications to help with this. My mentor shared these with me a few years ago. Here's the first one. I train my body means setting big goals and taking small steps. Right, let's be honest, the 35-day challenge is a big goal. Right? It's not going to be easy for anybody. There's some things that are going to be easier and some things that are going to be harder, but this is a big goal. And so the small step is completing one day. And then the next small step is, is, is two days and, and three days as you keep going. I'm going to brag about my wife for a second. A few years ago, Ray decided that she wanted to get stronger, so she started lifting weights. And she didn't play sports growing up, so she didn't know like a bunch of weightlifting exercise. She didn't have weights in her garage growing up. She didn't even know what she was capable of lifting outside of our children when they were in carriers, which is a workout for a really long time. But she had this really big goal of getting stronger. And so she started one day by getting some weights that were light enough for her to lift. She did some research. She checked out a workout online. She talked to people who were kind of in this field. And today, she is stronger than she's ever been before. And every single day, she gets a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger. I once heard it said like this, everyone overestimates what they can do in one year and underestimates what they can do in five years. So set a big goal and take one small step to make it happen. Here's the second thing. I train my body means that we focus on the three pillars of physical health, sleep, nutrition, and exercise. This is called the physical health triad. Let's talk about sleep for a second. There's some amazing studies coming out right now about sleep and the impact that it has on our emotional, mental, and physical health. Mentally and emotionally, sleep deficiency has been linked to depression, suicide, and risk-taking behavior. Children and teens who are sleep deficient may have problems getting along with others. They may feel angry and impulsive, have mood swings, feel sad or depressed, and lack motivation. Physically, sleep loss can lead to increased risk of diabetes, higher blood pressure, and heart disease. 
With nutrition, there's no big secret. We need to make small choices of what we consume. In an April 2010 study published by Nature Neuroscience, researchers found that feeding high-calorie, high-fast food to animals had the exact same effects on their brains as heroin and cocaine. The published article was titled, Fast Food as Addictive as Heroin. For those of you who cut fast food during the 35-day challenge, how are you doing? Are you okay? Right, your brain started to tell you something. I know for me, uh, I cut Starbucks, and last week at 9 p.m., my brain was like, just order Uber Eats and get it here. I'm like, what is happening right now? Right, I was really disturbed by how intrusive that thought was while I was brushing my teeth and getting ready for bed. But it's addictive. Some of you are cutting that from your life. An exercise is simple. Just do something. Right? Take a walk, lift weights, ride a bike, play pickleball. I don't actually know what pickleball is. I don't, I don't think it's cool. I don't know. It's ping pong on a tennis court. It doesn't make sense. But if that's your thing, just do it, okay? Play pickleball. Swim, do yoga, dance, just stretch for 15 minutes. Just do something that gets you moving. And here's the third thing. Train my body means I deal with my core issues, One of the reasons why we will hit a wall, why we will struggle when it comes to our physical health is because there are some deep down issues that we have to deal with. A few years ago, we were coming out of COVID and we were doing the first renovation on this building. And I've shared this before, but this was like my heart, soul, mind, and strength just bottoming out. I was absolutely miserable. I was unhealthy. I was awful to be around. I was angry, aggressive. I was burnt out. And I remember on one particularly hard day, I called Ray to vent because I just hit my breaking point. I was just kind of tired of it all. And while I was talking to her, I physically felt my body tell me what you need is soda. I'm like having this conversation, like venting, and it's like, just grab a soda and everything's going to be okay. And so I told Ray, like, this is what my body's telling me, which is ridiculous. This is how I know I'm unhealthy because a Mountain Dew never solved anybody's problems. But it made me realize that there were some root issues deep down inside that I had to deal with. You see, addiction runs in my family. My dad is an alcoholic. Both my parents have smoked for 30 plus years. Their parents and their parents and their parents and parents, 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 all alcoholics, all smokers their entire life. Now, I personally have never smoked anything in my life because my family has three generations of people dying from lung cancer. When it comes to alcohol, I have really strict boundaries where I limit how much I drink and when I drink it. I set these boundaries years ago because my therapist told me that the odds of me becoming an alcoholic were aggressively high, especially being in ministry. Don't know what that means, but <laughs> you make me drink. No, I'm just <laughs> but here's, here's what I realized. It was in this conversation with my wife that I realized I'm not addicted to alcohol. I'm not addicted to smoking. I'm, I'm addicted to junk food. Because right? addiction runs in my family. It's, it's unavoidable at that point if I don't make healthier decisions. And when I am stressed, that is what I crave. Right? I eat my feelings. And I've joked with you this before. If you ever see me at Sheets, I'm not having a good day. <laughs> right? And I've ebbed and flow with getting healthier and unhealthier when it comes to what I put into my body. But what I know is true is that it correlates with my stress. It, it correlates with how I'm doing that day with my busyness. And so I know that if I want to be physically healthy, I have to deal with some of my core issues with addiction and how I handle stress, how I view that in my life. All of us have root issues, messages that we were given, things that we chose to believe that weren't even said to us. And these impact how we approach our physical health. 
And so training our bodies means we set big goals and we take small steps. We address the areas of physical health and then we deal with our root issues because the thing is, they're going to come up. And as you start to get physically healthy, this is when they're going to pop up and they're going to trip you up along the way. One last thing from Paul. He asks this thing like a question, but it's actually rhetorical. It's a reminder because as you work through this 35-day challenge, when things get rough, if they haven't already, you're going to figure out, uh, you're going to have to figure out the connection between your spiritual life and your physical life. And here's what Paul asks us in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body, not with your heart, not with your emotions, not with your worship. You must honor God with your body, right? And Paul's not asking, is your body a temple? He's saying, don't you know this? Aren't you aware that this is true? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what this means is that God lives inside of your body. And anything God wants to do spiritually through you in this world, he will do it through your body. When Paul wrote this, he was writing to a group of brand new Christians who were trying to figure out what it meant to follow Jesus. And they were specifically stepping outside of what God wanted for their lives when it came to sex. They were not honoring God with their bodies. They were all over the map sexually. And what Paul says to this church and this group of people is, listen, when you do this, when you step away from God, you drag God into that bed with you. And I know that sounds kind of harsh and maybe mean, maybe even a little bit judgmental. But Paul says, you can't think of sex in just a physical sense because there's something so much deeper going on. It's spiritual. There's a deeper meaning to this. And this principle applies to anything that we do with our bodies. This applies to sex, alcohol, drugs, sleep, eating, nutrition, anything, exercise, all this stuff. And when we hear this, we have a tendency to get defensive. We have a tendency to push back and say, hold on, my relationship with God has nothing to do with that. Right? This is my body, and I'll decide to do with it what I want. But Paul reminds us, don't you know that you are not your own? Not if you are a follower of Jesus. Right? It's just different for us. And he explains that the reason why is because we were bought with a high price. And the price that was paid was Jesus' body being put up on a cross to pay the debt that our sin creates so that we don't have to pay that same price with our own bodies. Because that's true, we honor God with ours. We honor God with our body and our, and our physical health. That is why there is a physical aspect to this challenge. Dallas Willard once said, our bodies only do what we give consent to over time. Our bodies reflect the quality of our internal life with Christ. Our outward life flows from the inward quality of our soul and out through our bodies. Bringing our bodies in alignment with the spirit of God so we do God's will in this world is possible, not on our own, but as we cooperate with God's grace. And so Paul writes, I tell my body what to do. I remind it daily that it works for me and not the other way around. And he approaches his physical life as hard and broken and beat down as it felt, felt, but he approached it from the perspective that his body belongs to God. And God lives inside of his body. So whatever he does with his body will either honor God or dishonor God. Those are the only two options on the table. And Willard, he reminds us that our bodies only do what we tell them to do and they outwardly reflect what's spiritually true on the inside. And with God's grace and his strength, it's possible to bring our physical bodies in alignment so that our physical life reflects and serves Christ. 
so that when we feel anxiety about something going on in our lives, we don't turn to food, we turn to God. When we experience rejection and that wound from childhood starts screaming out, we don't physically harm ourselves. When we feel the stress from work, we don't stay up all night numbing ourselves with TV or video games as a form of escapism. When we're failing over and over and over again, we don't feel like we're worth nothing and just waste our time away. We recognize that we have a purpose in this world. And so we train our body and we run to win. We exercise, we watch what we consume. We go to that meeting to start working on that addiction. We prioritize sleep. We keep the marriage bed pure. Not someday, not next year, right now. So that my physical life and my spiritual life are in sync with one another. So that we honor God with our bodies and we use them to glorify him. That is why the physical matters. And we're only trying to do 15 minutes a day. We aren't trying to get in shape this month. It's more than that. The point of the physical challenge is to disrupt our body's expectations by doing something physical for a spiritual purpose, because the finish line of life with God is so much better. It's full of an eternal prize, things that don't fade away. And if this helps us get there, if this helps us have a healthier mental, emotional, and spiritual life, we do it. And so I train my body because we are in a race and I run to win. Let's pray. God, I think of all the challenges um, that we're wrestling with, I, I think the body is kind of this linchpin, because it's, it's kind of easy to, to work on some of the emotional and some of the um, mental, even some of the spiritual um, health. But the physical is so much harder because it means uh, getting up a little bit earlier, it means carving a little bit of time. We can't double dip and, and, and listen to the Bible uh, as we drive to work in the morning. We can't pray while we're um, walking into the office. We've got to take time to do this. And God, if we are being honest, I think a lot of people in here struggle uh, with their physical self. God, whether that be taking care of themselves, whether that be um, because their body feels out of control, things that aren't in their control, maybe it's something that they went through or something that happened to them in the past. And because of that, we have this tendency to neglect our physical self, misunderstanding that it's connected to their spiritual health as well. And some of us have been pouring into our spiritual side for a really long time. We still don't feel right. And it's because we've been neglecting the physical. God, I, I know that's such a big part of my story. So God, I, I pray this week that we understand that these two things are connected, that we cannot disconnect the spirit and the body, that they are one. God, because of that, we have some work to do. So God, this week, um, give us the energy. Um, God, help us kind of battle what our body tells us when it says no, it doesn't want to do the hard work. But God, more than anything, help us understand as we, we focus on our physical health that we get closer to you, that we experience something that we've never experienced for spiritually, mentally, and emotionally as well. God, more than anything, though, we are thankful that you sent your son to give up his body so that we didn't have to sacrifice ours. And because of that, we want to honor you with ours. And so God, help us do that this week. God, we thank you and love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.